Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Which on our previous uh, Patreon-only episode about Marvel, we all sang the theme tune. Presumably you're talking about... Yes. Yeah, of course. That's the one. The best. The best soundtrack. Rusty Quill presents Enthusiasm. Hello, friends and fans, and welcome to Enthusiasm, the show where we talk about a few of our favourite things. I am your host, Helen Gould, one of the best Rusty Quillers, and today we're talking about Marvel's TV shows. And I am absolutely overjoyed to be joined by Alex, Hannah, and Lori. 
we are going to do our usual round of introductions alphabetically. So, Alex, can you give us your pronouns and tell us what you do? So my pronouns are he, him, and I'm the founder and CEO of Rusty Quill. And I have voiced a few things. That should do. There you go. (laughs) That's me. No details needed. No details needed. (laughs) And Hannah, who are you and what are your pronouns? Hello, my pronouns are she, her, and I am the COO of Rusty Quill, which is effectively problem solver, solution finder, WD-40 person across every department (laughs) that we have. And yes, I sometimes occasionally leave the home, but generally I am here working. Oh, but I have a puppy now, so it's genuinely lovely to be home working. So that's true. You've got a puppy and a whole garden. I really like the description of you as a WD-40 person. I really like that. (laughs) It fixes everything. There's a problem, squirt it. What do you do? Uh, Fix things and make some smooths. That's, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's what it says at the tin. Last, Lori, can you give us your pronouns and tell us what you do? Hello, I'm Lori, she, her, and I produce Enthusiasm, and I produce Magnus Archives, and I edit, and my voice is also on some things. If it's Welsh, it's me or Faye, I think, is (laughs) currently a correct statement. Lovely, lovely. Okay, let's jump right into it. Now, as we know, there's been a load of new shows come out on Disney+, Plus, but before then, there were other Marvel TV shows. We may touch on those as well. I would like to know... What people's favourites are out of the ones that have come out so far? I'm going to have to think about this. There was Jessica Jones. There was Luke Cage. Oh, Lori. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Are we talking about like the Netflix ones as well? Yeah, of course. We Marvel. Can do. Oh my God, I'm so much more excited immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do everything in my power to steer this into the 90s for <gasps> Marvel TV. So don't mind me. Oh my God. I'm going to be bringing it right back to Tom Hiddleston. So between <laughs> us, we'll hit a middle ground. <laughs> oh my gosh, amazing. The perfect combination. <laughs> there was... Is Daredevil Marvel? Yeah, Daredevil's Marvel because it's got uh, it's got Kingpin, it's got the overlaps. Yeah, I mean, if you go into the nineties, Marvel Agents of Shield. Yeah, Agents of Shield, Ooh. Peggy Carter as well. Oh yeah, that's another one. Oh my lord, the world has expanded. You've got the original Incredible Hulk, where it was just the Hulk was just a really big guy painted green. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> With silly hair. With the sad music. Do, 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 do. At the end of every episode, you got the whole gamut. I used to watch that at my great-grandparents' house. I remember no details. <laughs> oh, and I guess there's the old The X-Men series. Yeah. Oh, um, which on our previous uh, Patreon-only episode about Marvel, we all sang the theme tune. <laughs> Presumably you're talking about... Yes. Yeah, of course. That's the one. The best. The best soundtrack. <laughs> the merger has happened. They're it's coming. Oh, it Weirdly has. buried, but it's happened. Are we, are we allowed to discuss Ooh. X-Men in the Marvel Universe? Is that a taboo at the moment? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for deep dive stuff here. Don't you fret about All me. All right. I'm, I'm excited. Mm. <laughs> well, now that we've mentioned lots of TV shows, does anyone have a pitch for which one is their favourite? It's either spectacular or amazing, Spider Man, which is the one in the nineties with the with the rock guitar at the same period as the X Men. I didn't see that at all. My favorite one is Daredevil, but seasons one and three. 
not so hot in season two, if, if I recall correctly. What happened in season two? I can't remember. I just, I think, I think it just got, <laughs> That's like, the it's really violent all the way through. And I think maybe Punisher had come out around about that time. And I was like, yes, there's it, just yeah, yeah, so much violence, which normally I'm not that fussed about. But I was like, I'm kind of done seeing him get hit. So are you on board then with season three, which, if I remember correctly, is like ninjas all the way down? Yeah, look. It's just, it's <laughs> just all rest. ninjas. What's the problem? Ninjas. Too many, not enough. Ninjas. Ninjas, ninjas, ninjas. I'd had a break from the violence. I was back in. <laughs> Hannah, what about you? Yeah, I, was, I, I loved the idea of Jessica Jones. Mm. But actually, I think, I think it's WandaVision for mm. me. I, it was the first time I'd really seen that I mean, I know we'll be talking about it a little bit later anyways, but like having such a clear cut episode by episode change in scene mm. and um, and aesthetic was something that I hadn't seen done before. And I thought, oh, that's the sort of thing I would want to make one day. So that's always good. But yeah, I think one division for me. My favourite so far has been What If, which is also the most recent one. But What If is just basically a series of fan fictions and... Um, <laughs> And I love it. I but, love it. But I, because you picked the anthology one, which what if is your favourite? I do have a... I, I think it might be the Doctor Strange one. Yeah. Because I am an angst monster. <laughs> and um, someone trapping themselves in a pocket dimension of their own misery. I'm like, mm, nom, nom, nom. And it was for love, Helen. It was for love. I know. Mm. I know. Turning yourself into a monster because you love someone so much. Oh, I love you oh, so much, that's... I'll squidify myself. Like, that's, that's love. Yes. Right? That is... Prime Helen Bate. <laughs> I, I just, I don't agree with having that depth of feeling on anything. <laughs> like, if you've gone that far down the rabbit hole, like, it's done for you. Like, it's too much. Have a cup of tea and a break. Just, <laughs> Have a Kit just Kat. think about your life choices. You would feel quite bad, wouldn't you, going to those lengths and then when you finally get together, it's like, oh, but they do have an annoying laugh. Like that's that's a oh, big sound that's a big chew. like eternity mm. level commitment to then go mm. oh actually uh my my favorite my favorite bit of what if though was like that's that's a huge zombie that's going to be a problem later why have they decided mm. a huge zombie was the right call <laughs> take um, the helmet off yeah, her anyway. why would you not take her helmet <laughs> off so she take, take her small and take her oh, helmet off lowry <laughs> Lowry, the, the discussions and arguments <laughs> I've had around that. Oh, Hannah's fascinating to uh, see anything Marvel with. Mostly just she assesses and criticises the tactics of the people involved. <laughs> I think we should watch some of these together. Well, that's not a, that's, that's not a solution. Like the, the Sokovia Accords, logistically, you're not going to be able to, you know, you're not going to be able to see that through. No one's considered the long tail red tape on this. They've won the battle, but they've lost the war. Am I oh, right? Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, come, come, to, come to our house. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to talk about the zombies episode though a little mm. bit because even though it's got my favorite, how should I put this? My favorite visuals of Bookie Barnes in it. Mm. Um, there are <laughs> nice several super. people who feel out of character in that particular episode. Vision, the poorly thought through murderer. Like, Vision's 180 is astonishingly fast in that. I can't even remember the details. I just remember being like... Very pro-murder. You've gone to all this trouble to lure people here and then suddenly just... (laughs) 
But he's not held back by silly human emotions. Of course you would. If the thing that you want needs help, then that's what that's what you do. And if you're if you're robot brain, then even better, surely. You're you're just you're just applying your own loveliness to the situation, Lori. That's the trouble. You're like, I'd have thought this through. Yeah, but Vision's meant to be lovely. Oh. Maybe that's what lovely looks like in a zombie apocalypse. Oh, I have missed the point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really liked um I really liked Spider-Man in that what if specifically. Like yes. oh, that's yeah. a really good portrayal of Peter Parker. Like that mm. is digging right down into the bit of the character that actually people like and only showing that. It's great. Love it. Does Into the Spider-Verse count as... That's a film. Film, not TV. Yeah. Because that would make a fantastic TV series, wouldn't it? I would very happily watch like a dimension hopping. Mm. Ah, well, this is, this is where you're bouncing into the Spider-Man that, one that I was referencing, which was the first TV rendition of uh, Madam Web and all of that, which is the first iteration of all of the, the interdimensional stuff. So it has been on TV. It was excellent. Thoroughly recommend it. Alex, who's Madam Web? How do you not know who Madam Web is? Come on. I don't know who Madam Web is. My knowledge is quite... God, right. So, Madam <laughs> Web... Okay, honestly, Madam Web is basically the web from Magnus, now I think about it. Uh, Madam <laughs> Web is a, a, a woman who... Her her superpower, I guess, is all to do with like interdimensionality. So when there's like a threat, sort think multiverse, but less like ah, all of reality is gonna die. But it's a lot. Mm. She she does this thing, especially in the TV version, which is kind of what I'm referencing. Where like, oh no, we have a problem. I'm just gonna borrow Spider Man from various dimensions to help with this situation. So it's like this is one where he, you know, he's man spider. This is one where he killed Doctor Octopus and took his arms. This like blah blah Ooh. blah. So it's very Spider Verse ideas. But yeah, Madam Web is in that iteration the person who plucks various spider-men together to fix a bigger problem i guess i like it that is very into the spider-verse slash what if actually yeah arrogant peter parker is great there's a version where uh, it's peter parker where his life just went really well like his his, <laughs> his uncle never died so he just got really rich as a tech genius and he's just a d- that's his whole thing <laughs> everyone's like with great power comes great money yes yes it does yes great <laughs> love it larry can you talk to me about daredevil a little bit because I will confess, I did not. Wa- I watched Luke Cage, and I don't mm. think I watched many of the other shows at all. So I watched all of. I have watched all of them multiple times, not for a few years actually. And I think mm. I would say Daredevil is the best of the bunch of the Netflix bunch. So much so mm-hmm. that actually they're probably going to be bringing Charlie Cox into the MCU, which I am really, really, really? excited about. Didn't know I, that. This is all like a theory. But I'm pretty, okay. I, I think it's true. <laughs> I'd believe it. Like, you're, you're right. It is the best of the Netflix yeah, versions. Yeah, because he's, he's the best. I, though I have to say, I do love, oh, what's her name? Um, is it Kirst? No, what, the w- woman who plays Jessica Jones. Oh, I can't remember her name. I also really qu- like her as Jessica Jones. I think Jessica Jones is my second favourite one. What was your question, Helen? So just t- talk a bit about Daredevil. Yeah, just tell me why you liked it, because I haven't seen it. Do you know, I really like the fighting and I'm not like an expert in it at all which is kind of funny that that is then why I got tired of it in season two or maybe that does make sense I don't know Uh, I think for me it was something that it was very visceral like you really feel Mm. all the punches that he gets it has 
a really great corridor fight scene where it's all like one shot that yes. I just remember watching over and over again being like they must have cut somewhere here but it's just really really well choreographed and pulled off and like well rehearsed and it's like 10 minutes long isn't it don't know if it's 10 minutes long but it is really long and it's just and it's like really narrow like they're fighting in a corridor and there are doors coming in and out of the corridor and like I wasn't very aware of audio back then but my memory of it is that like they really take time over the moments in the fight where everyone's just exhausted and you'd be like, okay. And then someone gets up and then you just start fighting again. And, you know, I can't even remember what the plot is. Like, who are the big... Oh, it must be Kingpin. It must be Kingpin. Oh, yeah, season, season one's Kingpin. Like, best, best tea. Like, so good. Like, just the acting, the performers. I, it's just great. I highly recommend it. And, Helen, I think you should watch it. Oh, I think I think you specifically, Helen, will will ad- like adore it it's so good in season one it's mm. it's like an, an investigation of kingpin who is really into like gentrification as a solution to like a downtrodden neighborhood and mm. then you have daredevil who's like grassroots no we like the people involved have to fix the thing and it's a good villain you know you know the problem with half the villains are kind of uh, but kingpin's mm. a great villain and it's really such a good performance well thought through. as well. Amazing performance. And I remember loving Vanessa in it too, who is like King's yeah. love interest. And it's just, she's just, she's not evil, but she's a woman who is just not, she doesn't have to be redeemed. She just is who she is. And she falls in love with mm. this guy who is arguably quite evil. I don't, well, maybe not evil. It's not a good person. And there's no apology for it. And I, I love that. I'd include him amongst like all of the Marvel villains as one of the best Marvel mm. villains, including films. Ooh. Yeah. He's really Strong good. Really and let's hope good. that if they do bring Charlie Cox into the MCU, Vincent, is it, I don't know how to pronounce his surname. It's, it, it's a D apostrophe and O something. Don't, I'm going to have to look this up. <laughs> anyway, let's hope <laughs> they bring him in as well. <laughs> oh yeah, you've got to bring both. I never saw it. It sounds like I've been missing a trick. It's what got me, I think that actually might be what got, like, re-got me back into Marvel, were those shows. I guess I would have been late 20s when they came out. I can't remember, actually. Gosh, it is quite a long time now, isn't it? No, let's not play that game. That's a sad game. Oh, no. (laughs) That way madness lies. (laughs) Um, So, Hannah, you said that one of the things you liked about WandaVision was that it sort of skipped genres and, and, like, time periods in each episode. Did you have, like, a favourite one of those? Oh, yeah. So I really, really enjoyed the first uh, one or two episodes that sort of I love Lucy, um, Mm. sort of Sabrina the Teenage Witch type. And then there's a you can see the strings coming on to take things away. (laughs) And I just I'm I'm very aware how much uh, time and money it would have cost to make it look so low grade value sort of towards what it used to be. Mm. Um, I just think it's such a wonderful thing that it was like a love letter to each decade of uh, iconic television and that it didn't really show that that was what it was doing. It didn't let the audience in on that until you sort of watch two or three episodes and you sort of go, oh, I see what they're doing now. They're going up in sort of 10 year bouts. Um, Mm. And I just hadn't seen that done before. So it was a real feat of, I think, creativity with a, a new medium. Well, not not that new, actually. Now that we're talking about Daredevil and <laughs> Jessica Jones and stuff like that, I kind of like knew for the sort of Disney time of um, the Marvel Universe anyway. It was a really clever, I think, way of moving away from expectation of sort of the Marvel film stuff mm. in a way that, Winter Soldier didn't do but that was the point yeah I just think it was a 
it was such a wonderful show that you'd be I think you'd be proud of to have been a part of. I'd have loved to have made something like that. Especially costuming. They did a mm. really oh, stunning. I was good job say. on the costume. Yeah. I mean, the research on everything, props, costumes, set, was amazing. And I think I, I agree with you, Hannah, actually. like it. For me, I really enjoyed the earlier episodes. And then the more that traditional Marvel came mm. in, I was like, I look, obviously I love this, but... I, I could do without this traditional Marvel stuff. In fact, I could have done without the whole Vision, White Vision plot line. I was like, what is this? I mean, that was like half a plot line, really. But to to quote Paul Bettany, okay, it's not, it is Paul Bettany, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it's not often that you get to act opposite one of the greats. <laughs> uh, that was his wording, Look, right? That, fine. If it's all to he build up just so for that. He got in that. so much flack. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he doesn't give a f- yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree. Because you would, wouldn't you? You absolutely would. And go home sort of tittering to yourself that you've just set the world ablaze knowing that it's just you again. <laughs> That's a you move, Alex, honestly. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Speaking of the greats, though, I really enjoyed the actress who played Agatha. Let me see if I can... Yeah. Oh, I oh, love her amazing. in everything. Oh, what's her name? I... Catherine Han. Catherine Han. Oh, I'm I'm so upset that it didn't come to me immediately. She's amazing. What I loved with her is hearing the theory about who her character was and then me genuinely going, nah. nah. <laughs> and then and then as it continued progressing, going, nah. Nah, no, it's nonsense. So good. Loved the performance. Oh, she's who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, hang on. Do you mean Agatha or Catherine Hahn? Oh, both. I, I would, I would interchange. I think one is like a daytime look, and one is an evening and weekend affair. I think <laughs> interchangeably fantastic. Nom nom, definitely in. <laughs> While we're talking about costumes, I'd just like to give a shout out to Vision's little jumpers, his oh. little business casual look. Exactly, they were great. That was very cute. He feels like a jumper kind of guy. He does. He does. Yeah, they nailed that. Although, I will say one of the things that I liked at first and then was a bit disappointed by was they brought in Quicksilver from the... Oh, the fake yeah, out. I, yeah. I hated that. Oh, that, w- that felt cheap. I was... I was Because yeah. I really like the X-Men Quicksilver, actually. Same. I, I prefer that Quicksilver. I think it's a better Quicksilver portrayal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Quicksilver bit wasn't particularly necessary, I don't mm. think. And I, I agree with you, Lori. I think I'd have loved to have seen a, a sort of Marvel Universe thing like WandaVision that just didn't deal with any of the superhero mm. Yes. Just a, just a look at a drama that was yeah. within what? the universe. I, like, I'd have loved that. I mean, Daredevil that. came close to that. Mm. Daredevil did come um, close to that because as much as he has like the whole superhuman hearing thing, it's mostly about a lawyer who goes out and then beats up the people that he can't catch legitimately. <laughs> like <laughs> that. That's it. Like that's like it. For rich s- Robin Hood. Honestly, yeah. Like that's sort of the <laughs> okay. that's sort of the premise until it gets very ninjury. Mm. <laughs> there are a lot of ninjas. So why are there a lot of ninjas? Because, okay, because they're the cause of and solution to all problems, so, apparently. One what, what of what the big villains is the hand, which is like 
an ancient ninja, a ninja hand. Yeah, organization. And also, like, the whole thing about Daredevil is that he is, I can't remember how he, how is he trained? He's trained by a ninja. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's like, trained by another ninja. It's hand to hand combat. <laughs> Fight with mistakes. He's an urban ninja trained by ninjas, fighting ninjas who are also at war with a different type of ninja. And all of this is after like a really gritty examination of the nature of urban sprawl and poverty within dense macroeconomic environments. And then someone goes, also ninjas. Mm. Ninjas, yes, ninjas. More ninjas. Defenders is very good as well and also quite ninjury, but. There's just some really good, there's some great team-ups and defenders. You just get past Iron Fist being there and then it's great. Can we talk a bit about Falcon and the Winter Soldier in terms of how, to me, that feels like it was a TV show that was a Marvel movie split up into six or eight episodes rather than a TV show of itself, if that makes sense. I think, was Alex, I can't remember actually if it might have been you who I was having this chat with ages ago. We, we've discussed yeah, this, yeah. Yeah, because that was the one that was supposed to come out first, right? But because of COVID, WandaVision came out first. So I this I think actually was your theory, Alex. Well, yeah, no, I, it's... So it's a thing I've spoken to a couple of people about, which is it, it, it's so contextual-driven, where if you if you take the TV order that we have, which is WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, and then Loki, the original order, the first two were swapped. But the reason for that from like a strategic planning point of view was to ease people into the idea of watching high budget Marvel TV mm. instead of sort of lower budget Marvel TV like Daredevil and so on. But, you know, like real like cinematic quality, but just sequential. Um, so they were like, right, we'll make something that feels like a, an MCU movie, but chopped up mm. and then we'll get the weird mm. stuff to get into because it, it effectively it goes... Marvel Winter Soldier are meant to get you used to Marvel TV. Then WandaVision meant to be, look at the crazy things we can do if you just let us. Mm. And then Loki was meant to be a setup for multiverse mm. stuff so that people are used to weirdness via WandaVision and the conceit via Loki. But when you invert them, you end up with them having to take a massive gamble at the time, like a huge gamble going, are people going to be okay with WandaVision? Everyone loved it. And then you know that some poor producer sat in a room going, People are going to be really bored by what we've made <laughs> next. Like, this is just a, a film. And it's good, but it, it's not I Love Lucy plus, you know, Space Wizards. Mm. And I, I think it must have been a very a set of very awkward conversations where they, they <laughs> saw it through. And I, I, I think they executed well, but I think it's a very different world if you swap those background. And it makes a lot more sense mm. as a sort of thematic through line i guess uh, training your audience <laughs> yeah exactly Basically yeah is what it is right ring the bell and you get more marvel <laughs> you know i will ring that bell every time thing is it came out at a time as well with the whole covid thing where people really wanted new and exciting stuff yeah a bit more escapism i think if you had no covid and it was in the original order it would have worked and it would have guided people in i think with pandemic it's actually better in the order that they did it in. Because like Lowry says, people were so craving, I need something new to occupy me, like properly new, not just stuff I've sort of, I feel like I've seen before. So people, and I I sound like I'm dunking on it, I did like it, but people are more willing to sort of accept the return to norm via Winter Soldier, having seen, okay, I know you've got some big banana stuff in the works, you know? And I think on that note... We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we've got to talk about Loki because we haven't talked about Loki yet. And ninjas. We haven't talked about ninjas Oh, yeah. Nin- there are ninjas in some of them. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Helen here. 
who you probably know from Rusty Quill's first podcast, Rusty Quill Gaming, or from our chat show, Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about Chapter and Multiverse, the new actual play podcast from Rusty Quill. Across each series of Chapter Multiverse, we'll be diving into multiple tabletop systems. No two series will ever be the same as we explore the city of Chapter across alternative universes. Chapter and Multiverse will feature a diverse rotating cast of performers. In our first series, GM Maddie Searle will be running a campaign of Masks A New Generation, designed by Brendan Conway. She will be joined by Ahmed Al-Jabri, Lorianne Davis, Lydia Nicholas and Pip Gladwin as intrepid young superheroes in the metropolis of Chapter, with Kareem Cronfley as the Eternal Tavern Keeper. Search for Chapter and Multiverse wherever you listen to your podcasts or visit www.rustyquill.com for more information. Enjoy! Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome back. So as promised, really, really would love to talk about the Loki TV show as well. Because it's a weird one. It's a really Ooh. weird one. I've got such mixed feelings about it. At the risk of being the, like, cinema nerd for a second, <laughs> amazing mise-en-scene. Really, really strong visuals mm. that blended really well with the soundtrack. It had such a strong feel, feel yeah. to it. Like, you, you can look at a still or any of the soundtrack or anything and you immediately know what it is. It is so deliberately a clockwork orange does mm. massive space bureaucracy but it works directorially <laughs> it's a very strong play mm. i think beautifully crafted mm. thing to stick with the positives <laughs> i was not expecting to enjoy what's his face that says wow so much owen wilson owen, owen wilson, wilson. Right. What a he was the best thing how pleasant was that character to be around yeah. <laughs> yeah. just every moment you're like oh yes more of you whatever you're doing it's just fun <laughs> i saw i saw a tiny little snippet of owen wilson talking about tom hiddleston as part of the um sort of circuit of this and he said oh yeah tom uh, tom hiddleston was uh was really sweet and we were talking about like previous stuff that we'd done and he said oh and of course you know i did Hamlet at such and such a place in this theatre, and then he said, and then there was the most British pause of all time, and he says, "Have uh, have you ever played Hamlet?" Uh, and he, and he said, and I, I just laughed and I couldn't do much more with that. No, no, I've no Tom Hiddleston. I I haven't I haven't played <laughs> Hamlet, but he was so good. He was so good. We never got to see him on a on a jet ski. Yeah. I'm I, I, for... I loved how into jet skis he was, mm. and it wasn't a thing. Mm. It wasn't a plot point. It didn't come up. It's just this character just really likes jet skis. It kind of is a thing, though, right? Because I think that was a little clever thing that they did as well. It's like before you know, the TVA employees are all from Earth, and all what do they call them? Variants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's putting things from their previous life in. And I was like... Yeah, like, absolutely. It fits. I just... It's a fun, completely divorced Mm. from the world around him point that I was like, I love you so much now. I love that you like jet skis. I don't know why, but I'm just in. I'm now very in with you as a character. But them as a pairing, I thought, worked really well as Shouldn't well. Have. Like that, Absolutely no, but the, their chemistry, I yeah. was, I, I believed in it. Mm. I have to, I have yeah. to admit, more than I did with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm. I felt like they had a better, more sincere chemistry um, as a, as a twosies. Mm. And that beat down in episode one, where it's just like, cool, here's your life on the screen, blah blah blah. Like it's, it's, it's a good chunk of episode. What it is episode yes. one? I'm thinking of where, yeah, it's Owen Wilson's just like, cool. I'm going to deconstruct your yeah. entire character in five minutes, and then we're going to move the series on from there. Oh, mm. oh what and, the, and the clock and the animated clock who comes in and she's like, hey, I'm going to do da 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 da, and I'm like, you're. F- then, <laughs> like, like three words in there's your big bad <laughs> yeah it's the clock in it it's the it's the f- clock yeah <laughs> never trust a cheery animation <laughs> never you're helpful be gone <laughs> i know what you are yeah that first episode really packed a punch mm. it really did like it's an excellent setup 
and it crushed so like what it needed to do was take loki from like avengers one mm. into basically where the audience are at with loki post end game mm. and it's like cool how do we do that in about five minutes maybe 10 of episode time when you actually think like how far they had to cheat it this is the writer in me talking for a sec like they compressed a massive amount by just going cool we'll just shatter the character into a thousand pieces and then pick out the bits that we want yeah and it worked and that's really hard to Mm -hmm. do like incredibly hard to do that and you actually to care and not feel like you've been cheated by the by the compressed arc i was amazed by the pilot huge achievement i will say that lessened as time went on with yes. that mm, because yeah. the decisions that loki was making started to become decisions that i did not recognize as being loki decisions did they feel imposed by a writer do you think well i mean they were <laughs> no but what i mean though is that like did it feel like that was someone trying to deliberately steer a character to a certain point as opposed to following what the character wanted yeah. to do organically yes yes he and and also this is really petty right but there's i think it's the get third petty, episode do it it's the third episode where they get to like that they're in like the middle of an apocalypse mm. and there's a building falling and loki stops it with his powers and like you know they're able to get away from that collapse right and that is like the most powerful that we see him. The rest of the time, he's getting beaten up quite easily by almost everyone. And I'm kind of like, in a show that's called Loki, he doesn't feel as powerful as he has in previous. This is the issue, and this is like inbuilt tension in the conceit of Loki as a series, mm. which is it only works if Loki is absolutely humbled by what's happening to him and the world the new layer of world that he's being engaged with mm. but at the same time loki's meant to be a, a, a big deal yeah and so there's this hard tension between how do you have loki as the you know the shattered protagonist in a kafka-esque nightmare also high status sex pot mischief maker like those are I can tell you exactly how you do that. Uh, And instead of having a female counterpart um, as part of the story arc, you just put Richard E. Grant (gasps) in side by side from the first episode. How good was he? That's how you have sex (laughs) and also completely humbled individual in one go. You just need two. You just need Richard E. Grant in a yellow suit. I... And you'll be normally set. hate like a cameo. Well, not normally hate, but like cameos can be so bad. And but Richard E. Grant, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Love it. Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. I'm genuinely want to see more of old Loki. Yeah, via Richard E. Grant. Like, yeah. like I would love. I would genuinely love to see. I'm a Loki that made it long enough to actually get some perspective, mm. and so all of my actions are way more like considered mm. and measured. Like. I would Old man love... Loki, like um, yeah, Loki, absolutely. I would mm. love to see. Mm. I'd love to see more of old Loki. Going back a little bit, I think part of what sold the star. So I'm not a huge Tom Hiddleston fan, which sometimes mm. I found is controversial. I don't know, <laughs> but um, so I really wasn't looking forward to Loki. Well, not that I wasn't looking forward to it, but when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, I actually think I might enjoy this. And then I was so surprised mm. at how much I enjoyed the first few episodes. And I have to say that him watching his life. He did that so well. Like, I mm. felt that when he saw... Like, I didn't get in Endgame. No, is it Infinity? Uh, Loki dies in Infinity War, yeah. I didn't feel 
emotional at that in the film. Watching him watch it on TV, I was like, oh, that got me. That was real mm. good acting. Well done. Yeah. When I was watching it, I kept thinking of, if you've seen Interstellar, the bit where main character, I've forgotten his name, is watching how many years have passed while they were messing around on the planet. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'd argue that's a more potent performance of the two. Mm. Yeah. But at the same time, that that's what kept <clears throat> coming up in my head is it hits that same high actor... Um, I'd like you to do some acting. How much? All of it. <laughs> and you've got two minutes. Go. And a go. Yeah. Yeah, it's it stuck with me and it bore a lot of faith from me. Mm. Same. Like that that opener was so strong. I was like, you, you could give me like three terrible episodes and I'm still going to be on board because that was such a strong opener. Mm. And I don't think they underserved either after that. It's just it, it has an angle to it and it isn't up all the way. Do we want to talk a little bit about the finale? Of Loki specifically? Yes. The fact that Loki and What If and WandaVision are all exploring the multiverse. And I suspect we'll all be drawn into Doctor Strange and the multi... Is it Multiverse of Madness? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness and then you've got Spider-Man No Way Home. Is it not the other way around? I think Spider Man's coming out. Oh, uh, Spider Man's uh, coming out first. Yeah, sorry, I didn't put those in order. I meant yeah. those are the those are the two cinema films that are explicitly like multiverse. Yeah, which I am so excited for. I am yeah. so stoked, especially because uh, some of the press about the Doctor Strange film has been like, yeah, it's kind of more like a horror film, and I'm like, oh, good. That's what Doctor Strange needs to be. Mm. And I like the fact that the Marvel Universe is exploring different genres. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's really interesting. I think it does need to come away from that superhero pew-pew stuff. It has for a long time, and that's why it works, I think. Really, the, yeah, them leaning into that is a very yes-please thing. Yes. But the reason I bring it up is because I want to talk about um, Kang the Conqueror. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Who I absolutely love as a character. An incredible backstory. And I really liked the performance. He's effing amazing. I love him. And he it's just an excellent performance of someone who truly does not give a sh anymore. Like he's seen literally everything. You're talking timekeeper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The guy right at the end. Because that that scene is literally Jonathan Majors just being like, I am just monologuing and monologuing and monologuing and we just fall in love. Well I did. I just fell in love with him. He's amazing. (laughs) Oh dear. I I liked the actor but I didn't buy it. Oh that's okay. So yeah, even hotter take, I didn't mind the performance and I, I thought it had a lot going for it. I don't actually like Kang the Conqueror as a character. I'm talking yeah. outside of like the TV. Like I know I, I used to collect like the comics for various things and blah, blah, blah back in the day. So I know a little bit more of certain elements. And I always struggle with Kang the Conqueror as being a cool. You've saved the universe. Now save more yeah, universes. Yeah, sure. like, it, it feels it always feels like jumping the shark in terms I of stakes. See. So it's a weird one where I have a bit of an odd divorce where like the portrayal I'm like, Okay, yeah, I see, I see where you're going with that. I'm interested. But what role Kang the Conqueror is filling, it's going to need to be handled really well because Kang the Conqueror can just turn into, I'm big and powerful. What's your thing? I hate you. Anything else? No! Because yeah. what we saw for the Timekeeper was a Kang the Conqueror variant specifically the only one that wasn't a conqueror yeah the only one who was a little bit chill so you're not going to see that portrayal Mm. again you're not Mm. and that 
that worries me a little bit because then I'm thinking, right, if that's the one that I'm never going to see again, does that mean that all of the others are going to be what I'm afraid of, which is, I'm going to get you. Hopefully they'll have one that's like that and they'll kill him immediately and then they'll have much more interesting nuanced ones. (laughs) (laughs) This is my hope. This is my hope. It doesn't leave an awful lot of space for development as a character if you're already at the very top, top tip of of the mountain, I guess. But again, that's not a Loki-specific thing. I think that's just a, a... a character when you when you're in charge of universes i i don't think that gives you much wiggle to bring it back around to what if then the watcher is in a similar kind of position yeah and he he also fascinates me as a character but as a narrator well, you couldn't ask for a more perfect thread through the oh, series oh yeah great mm. great really casting. good plot device if absolutely nothing else yeah and i like how he gradually turns up more in like the backgrounds of the episodes yeah trying to like spot him i'm like ooh, ooh there he is he? there's an eye <laughs> there's my lad i'm more of a fan of the what if watcher than i am of the loki equivalent the, the what if portrayal of the watcher is interesting as well because like historically in the comics deliberately and this is kind of the point of the character the watch is very rarely humanized like very rarely that the, like the watcher is meant to be like this it's almost like the marvel equivalent of the holy ghost it's like this ineffable ephemeral being that's occasionally there and if you really want to raise the stakes someone notices the watcher and you're like oh oh hello no one wa- notices the watcher but for this one you actually and again I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil final episodes cause I haven't <laughs> seen. um but th- the idea that there is any kind of motive for the watcher is interesting to see i haven't seen much of that outside of like the what if tv series specifically and it's quite it must be very hard to write that's interesting i haven't noticed a motivation for the watcher have i not been paying attention it's that it's that it's that little hints that he wants to like the implication of i'd i'd love to help yeah, yeah. Oh, okay he yeah, clearly sure. cares about what's happening he gives a sh- yeah and that's that's the, that's the thing that's interesting is very often the watcher can feel beyond cold, like almost like, you know, like because the watcher is so removed from events, the idea of a watcher who's like, oh, I wish I could. Who's feeling it. I won't, but I wish mm. I could. Like, yeah, it, it, I, I wasn't expecting it. I, re- I really wasn't expecting it at all. What I'm wondering about what if is how much of it they are, if it is just to prep the audience for to really get behind multiverses or if they are planning on bringing any of it over and that's making me think of the Eternals which I know is a film Mm. but like the fact Mm. that you know they're going to have to justify so hard that they've done nothing (laughs) (laughs) and they're suddenly like well you know what that's let's interfere there's a lot of admin and filing Mm. that needs to be done in in the superhero dumb do you have any idea how many risk assessments you have to (laughs) file before you save the the health and safety on this stuff honestly because captain marvel could get away with it because like she's just she's just the one super powered person and earth was basically fine until people started meddling around with things and drawing attention to themselves but yeah there's like seven eternals or something to be really really cynical in a way that even even for me i'm like i'm not that cynical what if has historically for marvel been really useful because it is a wall that you can throw ideas at and see what mm, latches. It's a sandbox. There is an entire comic run of Marvel zombies because there was, if I remember correctly, there was like one 
nod to it once. Everyone loved it and it went, right, <laughs> we go. It feels a little bit like that. In fairness, they haven't used in What If... They haven't deliberately just dug through a bunch of fanfic. This is stuff that has like some kind of history within the comics, but it does feel a little bit like if every single person said that Marvel Zombies was the best thing they'd ever seen, you can bet your bottom dollar that someone is going to be starting to write Marvel Zombies as its own series. But that's me being incredibly cynical. I mean, they they may not have deliberately dug through fan fiction, but... I've seen I've seen those scenarios. Do you know you've what? seen things. I've seen you? them all. I want to take us right back to WandaVision a little bit because and we don't have to stay there, but Darcy is such a small character, but in fanfic, mm. such a popular character. Yes. And when she came back to WandaVision, I was like, oh, Darcy. And I just found I had all of these feelings about her that were not from the <laughs> films. <laughs> they were all from fanfic. Because it did seem odd that she was there. Like, such a random person to be in WandaVision. You see, I see what you say. I don't know the fanfic side at all, I have to admit. Darcy is often like a, like a, a stand-in for... Yeah, for the audience, the I'd say. She is the gift that keeps on giving, both as a performer and as, like, a character. Yeah, she's great. She is a bizarrely compatible character where, take a moment, there's not really any chunk of Marvel that you can't sort of slot her into, mm. and she'll find a niche for the character. Yeah. Which... It's interesting. Like, I get why people would be writing again about Darcy. Mm. Yeah. Um, although it's interesting to hear. I didn't know that. No, no. She's very popular. Um, she's got a very strong personality without much screen time. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so you don't really know that much about her. So you can make up a lot about her, but you can write her easily. Sure, that scans. The actress as well does a lot of heavy lifting there. Like she's such a charismatic presence on screen, isn't she? Like she draws attention. Yeah, her and Jimmy together as well. I loved it. I was like, yes, I love this double act. Yeah. He's great. (laughs) I love that he learned the magic trick. Yeah, that worked really well. I would love to see a Marvel TV series. No superheroes, no powers, just the characters like that like we assemble a roster of like seven or eight of the just people not major characters you know your your, your darcy's and things like that and then do an ensemble series about that i i would love to see i that. want all of the superhero stuff going on off camera that and they're just like yeah. dealing with the fallout of it or or ignoring it i'll be like for god's sake i can't believe they've got to go and do this again well i just want them to come and do this thing with me (laughs) sorry i can't uh, get to dinner my flight's been cancelled oh no what happened sokovia's flying again uh... it's just one of those things alex what you're pitching is effectively marvel lower decks yeah yeah i would absolutely watch jimmy woo's bad day at the office Oh. Pepper Potts' yes. endless meeting. Yes. <laughs> Practicing magic tricks when he's bored in the corner. <laughs> yes. I think we are almost coming to time. Let me. Oh, we are. We are. Oh, no. No. But there's so many things. I know. There are so, so many, many ninjas yet to meet. <laughs> I, ha- I, ha- I just I haven't even mentioned Daniel Brawl's coat. Oh, my God. We you haven't even talked about Zemo. <laughs> <laughs> I also need to say that Sebastian Stan's acting as well with is it Io the um mm. Dora Milaje when he's going through the getting rid of the Winter Soldier training yes beautiful chef's kiss I just wanted to say that because I love him I love no him. you're right Absolutely. the the interactions between Bucky and the Dora Milaje were truly a thing of beauty 
like all of them i really liked that dynamic yeah the bit where his arm just pops off <gasps> yeah oh that's so impactful oh. i'm sorry helen you're trying to wrap it up and i'm just like no no the episode can't end if we all just keep coming up with new <laughs> things that helen's like oh yeah the plane won't leave without us <laughs> What I originally had written down is like a nice little round off question was, you know, what do we want to see in future from Marvel TV shows? But we've just talked about it. We've just said we want to we want to see the the mundane characters just try to be normal while someone's jumping off skyscrapers and stuff. I'd I'd love it if it were made in a similar style to the British office as well. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Just yes. looking into the camera like all right, so yeah. uh, Thor flying past in the background. Pepper Potts giving a side eye to the camera when someone when someone says something ridiculous <laughs> and oh wouldn't that be fantastic. Yes, yes it would be. <laughs> oh then okay, okay, who are you who are your B characters you'd want in it then? I've give I've I've started you off with your Darcy. <laughs> yeah. I think Darcy's a strong contender. Is there any other like characters you're like, oh, I want this one in there? We've said Darcy, Jimmy Woo, and Pepper Potts. So I far. really loved. Is it Hunter B fifteen from Loki? Yes, she was excellent, brilliant. Oh yes, yes, yes. She yeah, yeah, would yeah, yeah. take. She's just such a no nonsense character. Yes, <laughs> like, she would fit very well in that. I think. I don't want any of the children that Wanda has. They were they were rubbish. <laughs> they, they can. <laughs> Hot take coming in at the end. Harsh, harsh and cold from ranking. No, I don't want them as interns. I don't want them turning up at the office space in any capacity at all. Oh my gosh, I want um, I don't. I only know her as Anya from Buffy, but I thought she was going to have a really big part in One Division because she's an actor people know. Who was she? You know, Anya, Anya from Buffy, the blonde woman in Emma Caulfield. She she the one who like cuts her hand in the early yeah, episode and then yeah. it's all a bit weird and then oh yes I just like just because of who she is she wouldn't be good in our TV show actually <gasps> I'd I'd put Valentina in as like a head of HR type person <laughs> <laughs> who's Valentina she's the one that comes in at the end going oh boohoo that was bad take my card I'll make you rich just don't worry morals no you don't need oh. them yeah. she's sake. the one who takes um John what's his face under her wing Lowry you'll know this one dead. Daredevil's law partner. I've forgotten his name. Is it Foggy? Foggy, yeah. I'd, I'd put, I'd put, I'd put Foggy in there as yeah, well. Yeah, I like him too. I guess that's kind of his role in Daredevil. Actually, is to be that person. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> the yeah. one looking into the camera. Well, Disney hit us up. We found the probably in terms of casting the cheapest show that uh, <laughs> someone's going to pitch you. But I, I like it. I'd watch it. Yeah, you've got four viewers here. <laughs> <laughs> Cut print. We'll make millions. <laughs> Cut the check. What's um What's the name of the lead uh, bodyguard uh, the, uh, from the Wakandan guard? Okoye is the general, and then Ayo is the one who is in Falcon Winter Soldier. Ah, uh, I I realise that I realise that she hasn't been any of the television yet, but I just want I just want her in everything mm, yeah. that I ever see ever again. <laughs> I think that's a valid take, frankly. She's very good. Yeah, I'd like to see her just sorting out something small scale. Yeah, and just be like this is yeah. so below my pay grade, but like she's stuck there for some reason. Like um, the birthday party for oh my God. like one of the directors quietly simmering. <laughs> seething quietly seething but still getting on with it yeah yeah something like that i'd love a bottle Popping episode. balloons when no one's looking with a spear <laughs> just... yeah i'd love a bottle episode because i like bottle episodes anyway but just something where someone is in a silly situation stuck in the same room 
but yeah okay we're definitely we're definitely at the end of the episode now no <laughs> Oh, Helen, what about this other great thing? Yeah, what else? No, no, no. I I am taking a stand. I am am putting my foot down with a firm hand. And um, I am going to say thank you for listening, everybody. This has been, we talk about Marvel TV a lot and have lots of feelings. Our, thank you so much. Thank you all of you for coming on and talking about it with me. Thank you for letting Yay. us near oh, you yeah. on this wonderful occasion. I've, I've loved every single moment of it. <laughs> Thank you for continuing to n- enable my chaos. Yeah. <laughs> that is basically my role. I was just so happy to get to talk in this episode because usually I'm watching you all yes. talk and you're like, I want to join in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that you got to join in on this one, Lori. But for now, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from them. Do you want to say goodbye, everyone? Bye, Bye everyone. Of course you did. Enthusiasm is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike 4.0 International License. It is directed by Helen Gould, produced by Lori Ann Davis, with executive producers Alexander J. Newell and April Sumner, and edited by Marissa Ewing, Tessa Vroom, Maddie Searle, Jeffrey Niels Gardner, and Catherine Ranella. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Program. The Program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode.